Welcome to the Humor and Mistakes podcast with me, McNeil. Um, guys, hello, little mistakers. Um, if you're new to the channel or podcast, please subscribe. Um, it's April 1st, and I haven't really committed any pranks. I haven't even planned any pranks. Um, and that just lets you know the state that I'm in. If you're not the type of person that likes to hear people talk about the sad stuff in their life, uh, go on and skip to the actual podcast. Um, but this week has been rough. My grandpa's in the hospital. He had another stroke. And the worst part about it is um, he's can't talk anymore. He can't write anymore. Uh, what a stroke does is it constricts your body. So when I was visiting him this weekend, like he's alive, but he's not there anymore. And I'm upset about that because I missed out on a lot of valuable knowledge. I didn't take all the time that I should have to appreciate. I always thought there was more time and there wasn't. And I should have visited more him more often. I should have called more often. And and he was such a great man, like to see him like that. I don't know it was just it was really sad and and i yeah i don't know what to do about it uh because there's nothing i can do it just except uh you know keep talking to my grandmother and trying to help her through it so i'm gonna not dwell on the past too much i can't change that but like just try to be there for her but little mistakers let me tell you this um if i'm ever in a state where i can't do anything else for myself um here's what i need one of you mistakers to do i need you to find the finest the finest hooters girl i'm not talking about the hooters girl that just started when i'm talking about fine i'm not only talking in looks i'm talking about her ability as a waitress as well so you find the Hooters girl who has been working for at least five years. She needs five years of experience at Hooters. And I want you to find this girl. And I want you to bring her to my nursing home and have her drop a toaster in my bath water. That's how I want to go out. Um, if you bring a Hooters girl that doesn't meet the qualifications, I will blink so hard to let you know that I am not happy about your selection and to try again um, but i just need one of you little mistakers to take on that task if anything were to ever happen to me um this episode is a good one um it's by my friend uh jesse mcguire and what i like about her is from looking at a distance you wouldn't think that her story had merit um because what her story is about her parents taking care of her whole life paying for everything uh, but they controlled her through the money and then her making a decision that didn't fit with their plan and them cutting the umbilical cord and making her pay for everything on her own. So take a listen. It's a good one. Thank you, little mistakers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast with me mcneil here on 103.5 fm each week we have a guest on our show to discuss mistakes mishaps and missteps that they've made throughout life each week we hope to find i have messed up my intro i've already been distracted but we hope to find laughter and a few laughs along the way <laughs> i'm here with comedian and 24 year old girl trying to figure it all out you're dancing in the background uh jesse mcguire hello uh you messed me up because i am supposed to uh have everything said by the time the music stops well humor and mistakes sometimes you make mistakes yes you do uh tell me how your day was like let's talk about your day so far um, my day has been kind of interesting. I went to lunch with a girl who I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be in love with her or not. We wait, wait, what? Yeah, so we've known each other since elementary school. Does that mean you're automatically in love? Like, No, but we have one of those relationships where it's like, 
we constantly flirt with each other, but it's always kind of a missed, like, she's single and I'm dating someone or I'm dating someone or I'm single and she's dating someone. Usually it's she's dating someone and I'm hopelessly like, please love me in the background. Have you told her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At lunch today, we talked about the fact that I was like, because she's getting ready to propose to her girlfriend. Spoiler alert, if the girlfriend's listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to be proposed to. Do uh, your nails. Uh, um, no. Hopefully, this they'll be proposed to over the weekend because we're going to drop this episode on Monday. So she has two days to get it done. <laughs> no, basically, she's being proposed to in like six months. So Wow. So. There is a chance. <laughs> I'm speaking it into existence. The Humor and Mistakes podcast will be that popular that we're ruining a proposal. We just, we might have just ruined a proposal. We are going to ruin a proposal. Great. This will be a nationally listened to episode, and you're going to feel guilty about that. I won't because... Yeah, so we've known each other since elementary school. She used to be my elementary school bully. She, Yeah, she called me a human mole, not like the animal mole, like the skin, a mole on your skin. Like not like you were in kindergarten to tell everybody secrets, like you were from uh, Britain or, or Russia. No, 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 no. We were. It was fifth grade. We were on the bus, and she goes, you know what you look like to me? And I said, what? Thinking she'd be like, I don't, I don't know, pretty or something. Instead, she was like, a mole. And I was like, the animal? And she said, no. And ever since then, you've wanted to... Ever since then, I'm like, we're soulmates. Spread <laughs> them legs or whatever. <laughs> no. Can I ask you a question? Because I just thought yes. of this question immediately. Yes. What is like the the um, the lesbian or like the, the gay, like I want to do this to a woman? Like what do y'all say like if y'all really attracted to a girl? Like I might be like... I want to throw her down. I like. I want. I want to smash or something like that. Like, what do y'all say for? Like, what is y'all's sexual equivalent to being a dog? Like a dog or like. Like I want to taste you. Like that's what you say. Yeah, that's okay. what I would say. Okay. If I'm like really hitting on a girl, mostly people hit on me. No, no, nobody's hitting on me. It's okay. Um, <laughs> no, but I don't. I don't really think there is that. I mean, I'm sure there is. Like with your like, the gay girls who are like super players and like out here all the time but from what i've experienced especially in like chapel hill and carborough a lot of your lesbians it's like you want to watch netflix like you want to pet my cat like so y'all use our terminology yeah but it's literally not get your own technology get your own terminology but here's the deal so with like straight so when guys say that to me because spoiler alert i date both if you haven't picked up yet i have you haven't they haven't you haven't even mentioned that hello i date both but like with guys, hello Jesse. I'm my name is Jesse and I'm bi. My name is Jesse and I maybe I'm just a hoe. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to turn anything I down. D- I have such low self esteem that as anything that comes my way, I'm like, sure, let's do this. No, I have self esteem. Don't worry. Um, no, but it's like with when a guy is like, hey, do you want to come over and watch Netflix? I'm like, uh, I'm like, do I do I need to shave something essentially? Because you know what he means. I know what he means because it's so coded. But like, when can I be honest with you? I feel like sometimes y'all want to beat around the bush. Because sometimes I'm just like, look, you trying to come over and do the na- like I just am blunt about. Like you trying to come over and get this wood. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> and no. <laughs> What's your next pickup like? Yo, you want to come get some wood? Um, you want to get a two by four? Exactly. No, no, no. But like, uh, with with so I I. I okay with girls it's this thing of like we know what you're saying like we know exactly what you mean but if you come straight out and you're like hey do you want to come over and hook up with me for approximately 15 minutes and then we awkwardly have small talk while you leave because I'm not actually that like emotionally invested in you and like with guys it varies but like like that's generally what you're kind of signing up for the answer is no so what you do is you, when a guy's like, okay, hey, do you want to come over and watch Netflix? You can kind of trick yourself into being like, we're going to spend 10 minutes talking, trying to figure out a movie, like whatever movie we're going to watch. And you always have those movies that you like, you've seen a few times, and you know what's going to go on. And you're like, oh, that's really good. And then you do the thing of like, you actually attempt to watch the movie <laughs> until somebody's hand starts wandering or like you get your neck kissed. And then you like, 
do your thing, have the hookup, and then it's like you're eighty percent into the movie, but like you've seen a movie with this guy. You just so it's, so you're lying to your your own self. Yeah, you're kind of fooling yourself. See, I'm just like I I just like so I'm we're we're sitting there trying to watch a movie and like you know like you're going through the Netflix selection process. I, I absolutely I love it more than anything else in the entire world because it is it is the most awkward thing in the world when you're trying to pick out a movie. Yeah, because so I, I was hanging out with this guy and he invited me like we went out for a drink and he invited me back over to his house. Patrick. Hello. You're just saying names all over. Well, you didn't say the uh, the engaged person's Megan. name. <laughs> 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 Megan, if you're out there, you know, you know, you have two I, days to propose. I, asked her, I was like, do you have a ring? And she's like, no. Nah. And I was like, you have about two days to propose. <laughs> you better, this podcast is blowing up in a week. You so know. you may have seven days. Every kiss begins with K. <laughs> I hope you've been saving up money. <laughs> Um, no, but so I was, I was, this guy, we went on, we went out for a drink. He only let me have one beer. He told me I wasn't funny. <laughs> and I was like, yes, no. So we're back at his place and he has a, he has an Xbox. So he's dealing with the full, like controller and controller. You got to get a Roku. Get a, get a Roku. You got to People don't understand the Roku is so get, like. I have a Roku or get a Google Chrome. Like you have to have a remote in your hand. You, yes. Not a controller. <laughs> I I've mastered this. <laughs> like he's like press an X. Like yeah. I don't even I don't play video games. I don't know. But yeah, so so he's got It's an, not as intuitive as the remote controller. It's not. And so he's he's got this Xbox controller and he's like, "Do you want to watch a scary film?" And I'm like, "No. Like I don't want to hook up while somebody is like being like tortured in the background." Part of the reason I started getting, uh, stopped using my uh, Xbox controller and used the Roku is because they're like 10 bucks. So one of the moves I've done before is I throw the remote and I'm like, you ain't really here to watch a movie. Yes, see, that's so, good. And, but like, it broke my Xbox controller the one time <laughs> yeah, I like, did it. You've got a closet full of like, <laughs> controllers. Exactly. I got like 10 Roku she controllers. Leaves and you're like, change your sheets and you're like, next. It's a $10 investment. And then sometimes on Amazon, they're eight bucks. Yeah. So that's what you like stock Catch on. it on a good deal, a prime <laughs> deal day. Exactly. Yeah, no, but so he's got an Xbox controller and he's like, you want to watch horror? And I'm like, no. He's like, you want to watch bojack horseman and i'm like do i want to contemplate the meaning of the world while you're like trying to get with me no like and finally we settled on like my idiot brother our idiot brother do you know that movie it's i don't it's some dumb movie you always go for romantic comedy no you do not yes you do hitch no no, i'm not about to tell me (laughs) hitch has never failed okay but hitch is will smith so will smith adds a quality to it like will smith is good like but like you can't put on like the notebook okay of course of course then she's like it's not a romantic comedy no it's not you're right it's a movie that makes me cry hard every time um i love that movie deeply I can quote parts of it, as can every other twenty-four-year-old white girl. Um, but no, you you put on, you put on a show that neither one of you have seen. You put on like yeah, dangerous. Creek. I'm sorry to anyone who watched Shit's Creek out there. I've never I've scrolled past it a hundred million times. Or I put on like SNL because you can't put on something that you're going to actually get invest like engrossed in. You can't put on a show that like is actually something you like kind of want to watch. You can't put on. A romantic comedy because then the girlfriend's like do you, like the girl's like oh are you sending me a message like do you love me <laughs> like do you, do you like is this our meet cute um you can't put on a horror film because nobody can get turned on listening to somebody scream unless something happened to you um and like you don't want to put on a drama because if a kid dies in the first 15 minutes oh you're done you're done like you're, she might as well go home. You might as well pop Screw some popcorn. you, Law & Order SVU. Yes. Oh, <laughs> man. I had the bet. This girl was fine. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this Law & Order SVU episode. Yes. Ruined everything. Yes. Law yes. & Order SVU is not the hookup. No, word. it is. Law, any any iteration of Law & Order, I would say, is not the move. I learned Criminal the hard intent. way. Like we're not about to talk about criminal intent. It's my favorite one. I love criminal. Intent. You love criminal intent. I love criminal intent. I did not know that about it's you. It's my. It's the best. It's the, it's definitely the best Law and Order. Okay, SVU Ice T. Like, if you're listening to this, I love you deeply. Like, please come to my next birthday party. I love you. 
but criminal intent when he gets down in their faces and he's like he's going to make them confess he's like, going to make them confess i'm like yeah you're i'm 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 here i don't for understand it. how it still happens cuz like if i was a lawyer as soon as he started talking I'm like he's going to make you tell everything he's, you're going to admit to your crime as soon as he hits 45 degrees on the way to that 90 degree angle as a lawyer i'd be like no 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 get we're out done. We're, we're done we're done you're going to confess your are whole you crime are you arresting him <laughs> yeah. he's going to like he's going to call up some shit from when you were like 5 years old Exactly. Like, he's gonna say, "Is your mother proud of you for this?" And you're gonna break down in tears, and you're gonna confess to chopping off that girl's foot. Like, exactly. Every single time. Every time. Every, every time. time. Every time. Yeah. But no, don't put on. Don't put on Law and Order. I learned the hard way. You did. Yes. You uh, hear those dun duns? <laughs> I love the dun dun. So I thought it would help me out, like, because I've been watching Law and Order since I was a kid. Because my grandma loves Law and Order. It's been on since you were a kid. Exactly. And you know, sex is about comfortability and like being comfortable. And I was like, all right. Let me try Law and Order. Like, will I be very comfortable like watching this show? And I was, but she wasn't. Like, no, of course she's not because it's like we have a victim here <laughs> who like she was thrown down a flight of stairs and then mutilated like with a I don't even want to say it because like it's horrible. Law and, the sh- the stuff they talk about in Law and Order. If you said it like at a dinner conversation to someone, they'd be like, "You're a psychopath. I need to leave mm-hmm. now." Very true. So it doesn't help. Who is Jesse, by the way? Because we are all the way off topic. Um, Jesse is a girl who is, I live by myself. I have two cats. You recently graduated college, right? Recently, I graduated college in 2017. I double majored, I went to UNC. I double majored in comparative literature and political science. Um, I went into publishing for a little bit. Now I work in scientific publishing. What were you like as a kid? Because you're you're a, co- a fellow comic. So what were you like as a kid? Were you funny? I was, no, I was the most serious child in the entire world. Or you finished fourth in your class. I did in my high school class. I finished fourth. I graduated. As soon as you told me that, I was like, "You're a dork." I graduated with a five point one four. I took every AP class that was offered. I was president of Spanish club. I was the star of the theater, like the high school theater. I was Jane Eyre in Jane Eyre. Like, I my. Applying to college was, like, the most accomplished I've ever been in my entire life. So, like, everything was working out for you at that everything point? Everything was great. I, like, I was going to the gym every day. Like, I had a girlfriend. I was, like, I was in love. I was popular. I was smart. I was, like, everything was good. Life was really, granted, I had a crippling eating disorder throughout all of this. But, like, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm like, making yourself throw up three times a day what's the deal like what's you miss a meal here miss a meal yeah, there you, like, you know well, whatever but you no know, but your mom cooks you a, a, a bacon egg and egg, a cheese sandwich and you only eat the cheese part no you you eat the egg part actually okay. you eat the bacon okay the bacon is the least filling i don't want to give tips on an eating disorder <laughs> on this don't. podcast because <laughs> the little mistakers don't need that no 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 i don't want to encourage if you have an eating disorder or you have disordered eating please seek professional help is that what you did immediately uh no um <laughs> no 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 i i struggled with my eating disorder for a long time i still kind of struggle with like body stuff and like i think i'm bigger than i am or like i'm not comfortable with my body blah 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 um but i actually was confronted by my best friend my best friend in the entire world um he well we weren't best friends the entire world we've been best friends for six months and we we i was crazy about him um basically he confronted me one day and he was like hey why do you make yourself throw up? And I was like, I don't. And he was like, you do. And then he just yelled at me for two hours and then stopped being my friend. Did that work? Which I want to tell you, no. Um, Not the appropriate response. Um, But it really kind of messed with me. And so then I went like in the closet about my eating disorder for a while. Like I like was super secretive about it. And then I just got to the point where I was so miserable and like I, I couldn't eat anything and I just... I was so, like, I was, basically, I'd hit rock bottom with my eating disorder, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something, and so I actually ended up going to the UNC, like, psychological services, and it was the first time I told a woman, I was like, yeah, I have an eating disorder, and they're like, we need to get you, like, in therapy, we need to get you, you know, seeing somebody, talking to people, and so they actually got me in contact with my first and only therapist, and she's a woman I deeply love and appreciate, and she's helped me so much, but 
Go to therapy, folks. I incur- I'm endorsing therapy. You're endorsing therapy on this show? I I tell strangers they should go to therapy. Like you just walk up to them like, hey, man. No, I, I like talk to someone like my dental hygienist, for example. She was cleaning my teeth and she was talking about how she was feeling kind of anxious. And I was like, well, you know, it's really good to talk to someone about that. And she was like, like a friend. And I was like, no, 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 like a therapist. And I like, I was like, go see a therapist. Oh, no. you. I am 100% for therapy. I see a therapist. Uh, she is smoking hot now. Um, <laughs> Um, you're like i also kind of want to get with my therapist oh without a doubt <laughs> we we did this bit on a podcast two weeks ago but yeah she's a new therapist and the first day she walked in i was just like my mouth was drooling i was like first of all i don't believe you should discriminate against people until i met her someone should have been like look you <laughs> you cannot talk to people about them there's gonna there, be a hipaa violation there, somewhere in here some some dude is going to stalk you and some woman is going to leave her husband and become gay. Like that is like just one of those people you just look at and you're like, you are God's gift to the earth. She's one of those. Wow. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm uncomfortable the whole time I'm sitting in the office. Because they find a different therapist. I can't. Here <laughs> <laughs> it's like the double-edged sword. Like, I'm, I'm here. Gotta. I'm invested. I have to. I have to have fantasies. Exactly. Like somebody's. You got to dream about something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, she's currently studying to get her PhD because she's got her master's degree now. I saw her. I, I asked her questions about herself. My therapist and I talk about what I'm watching on Netflix, my dude. Really? Yes. I. So basically, the way our therapy sessions work is that. I go in. She's like, how are you? She offers me tea or water every time. Bless her. I never get water. And then she says, tea? Tea. Oh, I was about to say, like, does she cry into, like, a <laughs> into a cup? And she's like, drink this. It'll make you better. Honestly, if it would cure depression, I'd do it. Okay. I would drink a cup of somebody else's tears. Um, no, but she's like, we sit down and she's like, how are you? And I'm like, well, I've been watching the show or I've been reading this or I've been listening to this podcast. Like, and I and so I spend the first 15 minutes basically catching her up on, like, whatever pop culture I'm consuming. And then she gives me her recommendations, and I'm like, okay, maybe. Like, do you do an hour? Yeah. Okay. I only do 30 minutes. We got to get in and get out <laughs> quick. Get in and get out. Is You're it? like, boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom. Let's go. I'll see your hot. Uh, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yes. With your therapist. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, he's not actually sleeping with his therapist because she could lose her license. <laughs> that. Um, he wishes, but he's not. I do. Um, so let's talk about you. You graduated. I did graduate. Um, also, have a bruise above my eye. Did someone punch you in the eye? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> um, so you graduated, and one of the things you told me about is that you were you had to cut the umbilical cord. Yes, 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 I did. Um, so describe like the jaws, re- your parent, your relationship to your parents beforehand. And then we'll get to you cutting the okay. umbilical cord. So I am an only child of divorced parents. I am 24. My parents divorced when I was 20. Or excuse me. My parents divorced when I was three. So they've been divorced for 21 years. I, I have no memory of my parents together. I've only grown up with my parents one-on-one. Like giving each other the evil eye. No. Um, mostly it's my mom gossiping about my dad behind my back or his back. And then being like, don't tell your father and me gossiping about my mom behind my mom's back to my dad and being like, don't tell mom. Okay. So it's like a very dysfunctional. Like if my mom calls my dad when she has a flat tire, like she calls him to come like change your filter. Does he come? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like what? Yeah. They, my mom, like I would say my parents are pals. I would say my mom uses my dad a little bit more. But like, like my parents go on walks together. Oh, he's n- he is never gonna let go. Neither one of my parents has been remarried. That's one thing. So okay. my mom has had boyfriends, like multiple boyfriends, um, some of whom I I hate more than life itself, um, and some of whom, like her current boyfriend, I love deeply, and like I want him to be my stepdad, and I consider him my stepdad. Um, but so my parents have been divorced since I was three. And instead of doing a typical kind of arrangement, my parents, because they live so close together, would do every other night. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I was with my mom. Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, I was with my dad. And then on Sunday, I kind of got to choose. Um, But I saw both of my parents every day. So I'm very close with both my parents, but it's a very, like, singular relationship. And so my parents are very invested in my life. And so growing up, 
like I never had a job because my dad was my dad always gave me money. He was like, your job is to be a student, to get the best grades, to get into the best college. And then when I was in college, he he gave me an allowance every month of like four hundred dollars. Um, he paid he paid for college, paid for my books. Like I I didn't pay anything related to college, um, and because he said your job is to be a student. So fast forward to 2017, May of 20 or like April of 2017, I guess a month before I graduated. And I, my plan had been to go to grad school to get my PhD in English and then to be a college professor. But unfortunately, um, I didn't get into grad school. I got, I was offered a master's program, but I wanted just the full like master's PhD program combined. So I didn't get anywhere. And so I I had this really big existential crisis of like, what do I want to do with my life? How was that? Because you said before that like college wasn't tough for you. Well, not college wasn't tough for you, but like applying to college in high school, you had it all together. Yeah. So in high school, I had all like everything was together. I had all my ducks in a row to use a cliche. Like I got into college. No problem. My dad only let me apply to UNC. Yeah. Because he was paying for it. So well, y'all got eliminated last night. I don't know if you're a college basketball I, fan. Last night, I sat in a bathrobe and drank gin and texted a boy that I was fantasizing about him. There you go. <laughs> um, so, no, I did not watch the game to okay. answer your question. I did what any 24-year-old does on a Friday night. There you go. It's not, yeah. No, anyway. But, yeah, so in high school, I really had all my ducks in a row. Like, I really, I, I was very... Like, I was very studious. I, I worked really hard. I had this great work ethic. But then you went to college, so you get it. College is very different than being in high school because you are your own. Like, you have to take care of yourself, basically. And I'd never been in a situation in college where I truly had to take care of myself. Because before I'd lived with my parents, my parents had, like, you know, my dad scheduled my dentist appointments up until I was 21. Like What? Yeah. I Yeah, I was very privileged as a kid. Like, I... I grew up in a home where I was the sole focus, and so I very much was coddled. And so in college, when I had free reign to do what I want, I did not, I did not do things that were productive for me. You know, I, I partied a little bit too hard. I got romantically involved with people, and then when they were like, "I don't want to be romantically involved with you anymore," I did things like cut all my hair off. Wait, what? I buzzed my head. I buzzed my head in college. So you pulled a Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus. Yes, 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 yes. Although. I love Britney. Go you. 2008 Britney. 2008 Britney was me throughout three-fourths of college. Just like I, I had some free reign, and I went insane with it. Do white women not do, with, uh, do well with like their crisis mode? No. What I think it is is that um, like when you live in such a life, like when you live such a privileged life, and you truly like have a silver spoon in your mouth, as I did, um, you don't understand what it means to have to kind of take care of yourself. Like it truly is a thing because you think that you can continue kind of operating on this high wire and yet the net has been removed from beneath you. So I just balls the wall, like went crazy in college and it was a really big learning experience for me. But what I didn't do was plan for my future because in college, college is forever, right? Like it's such a, in my head, I was college forever. Yeah, when I, I like the two days before I was graduating, I was like, "Oh, it's it's here!" Like I didn't yeah. even expect it. Yeah, because it truly is. Like you get there and you're like, "This is because the way our education system is." I'm about to get real deep, real real deep cut. The Hit way us. our education system is set up. Little mistakers, sit down and listen. Sit down. If you're driving in a car, pull over. Pull over. <laughs> She's about to get real but, with y'all. So the way our education system is is set up, especially for suburban like middle america is that kids from kindergarten to 12th grade you are just trying to get into college everything is about college right you you do everything you join every club no not true it's it's from ninth grade to 12th grade it's not anymore really no not anymore because you got to get into the best prep school like you got to get into the best middle school you got to have you have to like be volunteering from the time you're 11. Like, oh well, cause see, the reason I was bad in middle school is cause my grandma messed up and said colleges only, ca- cause she was a teacher. Yeah. Uh, and she said colleges only care about from ninth grade to twelfth grade. So like, I was. 
bad. Oh, and like, then in like ninth grade, <laughs> like suit, wore suit and tie first day. <laughs> I mean, I was a little bad in ninth You're grade. Like, I'm here to be serious. I was a little bad in ninth grade, but like tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, I wasn't that bad. Cause they're like, you can describe what happened, like you matured. Yeah. And that's basically what I did on my college applications. No, I, I was raised like, I remember in second grade, my dad being like. We got like we got to think about college. Like these timetables are serious. You need to learn how to long divide because like in college you're gonna have to do it. Yeah. So all of my life had been prepping for college, and then when I finally got to college, it's like, da, you know, like that's it, folks, go home. Like, and so now I have four years of college, and I, I was crazy in college, and then when college ended, I was everyone's like, crazy in college a little bit. Oh shit. Um. I just I, I have plans tonight that I don't didn't remember about. Uh oh. Sorry. Um, no. So once once I was done with college, and I didn't get into grad school, I was like, "What now?" You know, like I truly had no plan. How did it feel to get rejected when like you hadn't been rejected before? It was the. Because I applied to two colleges. I applied to UNC, got in, no scholarship. I applied to UNC Asheville because I was like, Dad, I'm rebellion. I'm rebelling. I'm rebelling by going to UNC Asheville, like, yeah, I'm, which is he was three like, hours down he, the road. He was like, even if you get in, you're not going. I was like, I know. But like, still, I was like, I'm applying. And so I got in there, and they offered me a full-ride scholarship. Or they offered me an $8,000 scholarship, not a full-ride. To grad school? No, to undergrad. This is undergrad. So then... When I applied to grad school, I applied to, like, top English schools. UPenn, Penn State, Emory, Rutgers. I applied to, like, the upper echelon of English PhD programs. Got rejected from them all. And it was on, like, it it truly, like, knocked me back. And, like, it broke my heart. And, like, something, there's a really great Toni Morrison quote, um, and she talks about, and their eyes were watching God. Tony Morrison? No, Zora Neale, Zora Neale Hurston. Sorry, got my authors mixed up. Listen, don't get me sued by misquoting people on I'm my sorry, show. I'm sorry, it's not Tony. It's not Toni Morrison. It's Zora Neale Hurston. Anyway, it doesn't matter what book it's from. But she basically there's this like there's this really powerful scene where she says like she has a realization and she says something fell off the shelf inside of me and broke, and that is truly what it felt like to be rejected from graduate school. I do want to, it's Zora Neale Hurston, Their Eyes Were Watching God. That is the quote. I read the book. I know what I'm talking about. I like to think it was a uh, a ballet figurine that fell off yourself. Yeah, it was. It was like this, this crystallized image of me as like a very successful student can never do anything wrong. Like the first time I got a B, I cried about it for four days. What? Yeah. Like I'd, I'd oh, only. Oh, your children are in trouble. Yes, my children are in trouble. Um, my children are. I, I like. You can get A's. Get A's. Like it just. It's easier just to get A's. It's my philosophy. I think that C's get degrees. <laughs> True, but I was a perfectionist, and so the first moment that I was kind of reminded that, like, no, I'm human, and I can be rejected just like any other, just like millions of other young Americans, it truly kind of knocked me back, and like really messed me up. And so on one hand, I was dealing with being rejected from grad school. And on the other hand, this really kind of like big panic set in of like, what am I going to do now? Like what comes next? Which I I think a lot of people deal with like right after college. 100%. Because you don't know what the hell you want to do. And I I think if you do know what you want to do, I it's like, you know, but is so I thought that I wanted to go to grad school, but in hindsight, I look back and I think, no, this is just kind of what was expected of me. Like this was the next step. And like, can I tell you the best advice my mom gave me when I like in my grad, well, like when I graduated and I told her I don't know what to do, she gave me the best advice of my life. She's like, look, I can't tell you what you want to do, but I'll tell you two things that will affect your decision. So don't do them. If you don't know what you want to do in life, don't get married and don't get anybody pregnant. And she's like, until then, you can be as as wandering through life. You don't have to know what you want to do. But the minute one of those two things happen, now your now your decisions is based on someone else. Okay. Well. So don't get pregnant and don't 
don't uh, get married. Uh, this is Jesse, and I just want to say, if anyone wants to marry me and or knock me up, I'll give you my number. We can talk. <laughs> we can talk. Like, I would look great pregnant. I you would want look that stability? Great pregnant. You know, you have to make decisions based off the kid. I, I don't. This is going to sound really horrible, but I don't think I could ever have a kid because I think I would be jealous of my kid. What? Yeah. The yeah. little mistakers are judging you and they need more information. Yeah. So I was not popular in high school. I was not popular in college. I'm not popular today. Even though I don't really know what popularity looks like at 24. But I was not I was not popular. I really struggled with like being insecure. I struggled with my weight. I struggled with everything. You know, every every girl struggle. And so if I had a daughter and she didn't have those struggles, I think I would be jealous. And I don't know. Like, I don't have a kid. I've never had a kid. I've, I've had two pregnancies. Are you sure? Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've had two pregnancy scares in my life, and both were false. But, like, I, when I conceptualize a child, like, I can't, I can't imagine not being jealous. Like, I don't get the idea that, like, you love your kid more than anything else in the entire world. Oh, see me. I'm going to love my kid. The only thing I'm, I'm not scared I'm about not love my child. is I'm like, what if my kids don't want to be comedians? Like for me, that is like I'm going to be so upset. What like if, you want to, you telling me you want to go to school and be a doctor, a doctor, come, McNeil come, Jr. They come in and they're like, Father, because I don't call you Dad. They're very serious. So like, they have a briefcase. Exactly. So they, they set their briefcase down. It's like click click, and like opens up, and they pull out a contract, and they're like, Father, or they just call you Justin. Like they, yeah. they're just, they don't even go with the familiarity. They're like, Father, I want to be a neuroscientist. Please sign here, here, and initial here. And you're just you're like, going to school for. You're like you got into Rockets. Harvard. Like, what? You're going to Oxford? The McNeils don't go to Harvard. We go to, <laughs> we go to, to medial college, uh, state-supported schools, and then we get good degrees, and then we go do comedy. You go to a frat party, son. Uh, yes. <laughs> we drink Natty Light in this household. We drink Natty Light, and we drink pineapples and vodka, and we tell jokes until someone tells us to be a comedian. The fact that you drink pineapple and vodka... It's it's still it hurts me. It hurts me. It's my thing. It's a pineapple juice and vodka. Pineapple juice is delicious, and pineapple juice makes your sperm taste better. That's not true, actually. What? No, it's not true. I'm here to I'm here to break some news, folks. No, 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 don't don't you tell. Listen, (laughs) you did not get invited on this podcast to spoil my reality. To crush men's dreams. My dreams. I imagine that no. there are a plethora of women out there that have gotten tasty, no. delicious. No. No. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. It all tastes the same. It all it tastes bad. <laughs> like no girl is like, "You know what I really want right now?" <laughs> I have been doing a service for years drinking my pineapple and vodkas. And you're no, telling me no. that they have it Nobody notices. She There's, no girl is like What's that I taste? Pineapple? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes I'll wink at them like, you're welcome. I did that for you. She's like clearing <laughs> stuff out of her eyes. And you're like, I got you, girl. I, got, I did this for you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, it is good for your skin, though. Pineapple? Girls. Nope. Okay. We're, pineapple just bad all around. Pine- no, pineapple juice does not affect the taste, but... Male semen is good for skin. Okay. <laughs> Ladies, add it into your beauty routine. Please call them the little mistakers. The little mistakers. Hello. Um, okay, so that was very hard for you. You graduated. You got that wake-up call. Yeah, didn't know what I was going to do. So. Um, so you had to cut the umbilical cord from your yes. parents. How was that? So a little background. Little mistakers. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. A little background. So when I graduated college... Didn't get into grad school. I basically texted a girl who I barely knew, who now I love deeply. She's one of my best friends. But I didn't really know her at the time. And I was like, hey, do you want to live together? And she's like, yes, I need a place, too. This is great. So the plan was to get an apartment in Chapel Hill, like a a cheap apartment, with a roommate, and get a job, like a full-time job, waiting tables, working somewhere, you know, like $7.25 an hour it up. Plus tips. Plus tips, yeah. Well, as a sir, as a waiter, you get paid. I got paid two twenty eight an hour, which is a joke. Pay your waiters more. I have to deal with stuff. 
Anyway, but so I got a job at I got a job at a restaurant. I'm not going to say the name of that restaurant because they're local. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you've said uh, I've said a lot of names. Hello, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Routing it back to you, baby. <laughs> you had you were on a time clock. Hours. Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, but um. So I, I got a job as a waitress, and then I got an apartment. And I told my parents, I was like, this is my plan. I'm going to wait tables, and I'm going to live in an apartment until I can get a full-time, like, nine-to-five job, right, with benefits and stuff. Minis, as I heard someone call it the other day. And I was like, you're 30. Stop. Like, don't. What, what's minis? Binnies. Like, Binnies. benefits. Oh, is that Binnies? what they call them? Some, an adult male said that to my face the other day. And I was like, stop it. Stop. Just get out of here. Anyway, so I tell my parent, I tell my dad, and he's like, no, no. Like, and he, like, kind of shuts down and, like, can't. Like, immediately, like, shoots down what you want to do. It's like I got an appliance wet, like a, like a robot that can't be near water. It's like I took a bottle of water and dumped it on his head because it, he just started, like, miss, like, misfiring. He's like, no, no. Own apartment, no. No, yeah, he's like twitching. Like he was like, no. We were on our way to breakfast, and he's driving, and he's like freaking out. Turns the car around and is like, no. Like you need you need to buy a house and get a job at Cisco that pays forty thousand dollars a year. Literally, like at Cisco, forty k a year house. Like these these were the three requirements. I so was. he had like this life planned out for you. Yeah, yeah. Like he, and so. Apparently, my parents had been talking, and they were going to help me buy my first house when I graduated college as, like, a welcome to the adult world. Here's a mortgage. Here's a (laughs) welcome to the – congrats on graduating college. Here's a mortgage. Like, yeah. Um, And so both – I talked to my mom, expecting my mom to be like, oh, yeah, you know, go. Do your thing. Be a free spirit, right? Because my mom's kind of, like, loosey-goosey. And she was like, no, no, no you need to buy a house. Like you need to have a full-time job, full benefits, full everything. And like, you need to be an adult now. Like, congratulations here. You're an adult. At 24, wait, you were 22. 22 is over. You get a full-time job. Keep in mind, I turned 22 in March. I graduated in May. Like I, no, like I also, here's the thing. My parents, since, since my parents had like taken care of me all my life, they'd never let me get a job. So I have no work experience. The only work experiences I've had, I got a job secretly behind my dad's back when I was 16 because I, like, wanted to be a hostess or, like, do something. So I got a job as a hostess. And I went home, told my dad, and he goes, no, 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 you need to quit. And made me call them and be like, sorry, I can't work for you. What? Yeah. 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 So so what did you do? Like, did you – you're graduated. You want to – Find yourself a little bit. Yeah, I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do because, like, again, I'd never had a job. Like, you know, I, I love books. I majored in comparative literature. I love reading. I love writing. But, like, there's not a publishing industry really in Chapel Hill. Like, there's Algonquin Books of Chapel Hill, and they're a great publishing company. I interned for them. But, like, they weren't hiring me. Um, and so I, I didn't know kind of where to go. I didn't have a direction to go in. So I talked to my therapist. My therapist like, just you don't need their permission. Like, you don't need permission. You're an adult now. Like, if they want you to be an adult, be an adult. Like, put your foot down. Was that like a eureka? Uh, like a eureka? Like, no, a, I'm was, an adult? It was terrifying. It was terrifying. Because I've always had to ask my parents permission for things. Like, I've always had to kind of get... They're my yes-men, basically. They're my hype men and my yes-men. And they're also, like... they are no-men, pur- too. Yeah, they hold the purse strings. Like, they... Um, they hold the purse strings, and so I had to get permission to do things. Like, I wanted to I wanted to study abroad in college, but because my dad was paying, he was like, no, you don't need to study abroad. He was like, you're fine. So uh, uh, The other parts of the world don't matter. Basically, he was like, you're going to be kidnapped. He thought I was going to be, ta- like, he thought it was going to be a taken situation. He'd have to be Liam Neeson. Well, first of all, Liam Neeson, if he came and saved you, that'd be amazing. I would, I would get taken for Liam Neeson. <laughs> Just him to... Kill a bunch of people. I just want you to whisper into a phone. (laughs) Say you have a very specific set of skills. I've actually never seen Taken, so I don't know if that's what he said. He does say he has a specific set of skills. Um, But so basically, that is a very hot line. Like I have a very specific set of skills. 
set in context of like sexual things, sure. But set in context of murder things, still sure. Like, yes. So a dude could call you up and say that, and you that he's gonna kill me, and I'd be like, when can you be here, baby? (laughs) I was saying a specific set of skills part, like, yo, hey, I have a specific set of skills. I'm on my way. Yeah, I'd be like, sure. And then I'd quickly shave my armpits. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. So. So it was this really big moment of like, I felt like I was standing at the edge of a diving board, staring down a 20 foot dive. And like, my parents were saying, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump. Like, you're going to hurt yourself. You don't like my parents logic was it was they were worried about me. And they were like renting an apartment like it doesn't build credit. You have no credit, even though it does build credit. But they basically were like, you need to start your life now. Like, because they came from the they were adults in the 80s and in the 80s that's what you did you got married you you got a house you got a job and like you lived out the rest of your life unless you're on wall street doing cocaine (laughs) um but so it's this moment of my parents being like you need to start your adult life and now as a as a 24 year old i realized that in our generation in the 2010s generation part of starting your life is renting an apartment working at a job like working at like a like a, a waitressing job and taking a year and figuring it out, right? Taking a year off. So how has been? How has it been figuring it out? Um, it's like six out of ten. Like I love being adult and I love being on my own, but I am deeply nostalgic, kind of for my years, my seventeen-year-old self. Like just no worries, just yeah, kind of. Because like now I have built, like I have a full. Spoiler alert, I have a full-time job now. I, it's an office job. It's I, Like, I have a full-time office job. I don't want to say full-time job. Waitressing is a full-time job. Um, but I have a full-time office job. I work in Cary. Like, you know, I have an apartment still. I have two cats. I have I have a credit card bill I got to pay. Like, I got to pay rent. I have bills. So, like, being an adult is not as luxurious as I thought it was going to be. Like, being 17 and your biggest worry is, like, that your crush doesn't like you back. Like, I miss those. I miss 17-year-old summers. Okay. Of, like, no cares in the world, wearing shorts, like, everybody meet at the pool and you hang out. So what are you doing to take care of yourself now? Like, you're you're two years into adulthood. I'm two years into adulthood, and I'm learning that it's important to still kind of have some of those moments of, like... Like, every weekend on Saturday, I take myself to a movie. Today is actually an exception. I'm kind of sad that I didn't go see a movie because I really wanted to see Shazam. But, I like, I do things that are for just for me, right, that are in service of nobody else, that, like, that help nobody else, that are solely to make me feel happy. And so I, I take myself to breakfast every Saturday, and then I go see a movie. And I, I love it. Like, I deeply enjoy it. Um, and I, I, I was told... Because I love my alone time, too. That's dangerous. Because you fall in love with alone time. And yeah. I, like, in relationships, there will be times where I'm like, look, I need to be alone. Like, Yeah, I, I am an introvert. Truly, I'm deeply. It's funny because my Myers-Briggs says that I'm an extrovert because I'm a people person. But I truly, deeply, intensely crave alone time. Like, I, I need 48 hours to not wash my hair, to not put on makeup, to watch some dumb Netflix show and, like, just hang out. It's it, – how do you I'm, – I'm asking you for advice as a fellow person that's like, all right, I don't need to be around anybody for, like, 24 hours. Like, I just want to go to my cave. It's why I live alone now. How do you – how do you deal with that? Like, because a lot of people don't understand. I'm like, look – not that I don't like you. It's just I want to go do this thing alone. Truly, I have found that being like saying I don't. <laughs> so here's a deep truth about myself. My phone is not being like blown up to be like, yo, you want to hang out? Like, where are you? We miss you. Come to the club or what? what none of no. No one ever. tells you, hey, make it to the <laughs> club. Be at the club by 11 o'clock. No, no, no. Nobody's saying that to me. So it is it's really kind of the adult thing of like I have dinner with some of my friends every now and then. But mostly I am on my own a lot of the time. But like you, you're involved in comedy and like you, I am, I too am involved in comedy, but not to the extent that you are. But like, so you have arrangements or like people want to hang out with you all the time. And it's just truly being like texting and saying, I can't hang out this weekend. Like I'm busy. 
I literally tell people I'm busy, and they're like, oh, doing what? And you know what I do? Leave them unread. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them unread is my biggest April move. Leave, Leave them people unread. unread. Okay. Like, okay. I saw it. I'll get to you when I get to you. Fair enough. Mostly it's my new flirting technique. <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, I love me a good fictional book. So, yeah, I will. I know. You were ahead of me on a book we're reading together. I have dusted you. I am almost done with the second book. I am. I'm tr- truly deeply jealous because I'm halfway through the first book and I love it. That's my plan actually this evening. Really? Just to read. Yeah. I yeah, I am dusting you. I was like, I don't know if she wants to commit to this cuz like I am the comparative lit major. Keep mind you. I like I read books as my college major. Like that's what I did. And yet as an adult, I fi- I'm finding it harder and harder to read books and I can feel my brain melting. So that's something else that I need. That's what happened to me though. I stopped because I type so much in, in, in tech, we uh, we use a lot of uh, what is it, abbreviations. Yeah. I felt myself giving, getting dumber, so I was like, I need to start reading again. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Now, I just, like, I tell people, like, if you want to read a book together, you better keep up because I'm dusting it out. I know. I'm ama- uh, I thought you'd be the person. You'd be, like, get to it. Like, I'd I'd – because I read very fast, and yeah. I, like, I can get through a book, but, like – Dear Lord, you were like, I'm done, <laughs> and I hadn't even picked it up. I hadn't even cracked the cover, and like, it's a great book, and I understand why, like, why, how you got through it so fast, and why you got through it so fast. But I was, nobody's ever read a book faster than me, truly. Well, you met except your for Teddy in fifth grade, who said he was speed reading, and I'm here to say, Teddy, no, you weren't. <laughs> so we, so so one thing I want to do is uh, I wanted you to sum up um, the stuff you've learned. From, like, getting out on your own from your parents, from anyone who is, like, because I want, there are people out there who probably have people who influence their decisions, and oh, you I'm had sure. to make that decision without influence. So I'm I want sure. you to summarize that up, because we're getting near the end of the hour. Yeah. So, basically, it is it is very scary to live your entire life with someone else, like, influencing your life, your parents, significant other, whatever. But there truly comes a moment where you have to say, okay, what do I want? And, like, can I get that there by myself? And so I wanted to get an apartment and get a job. And I could do that by myself. And it is just a moment of trusting yourself and trusting your gut and saying, this, I know myself, and I know that this is the best for myself, so I'm going to tune out all the other voices in my head, even though all these other voices have for years been so commanding, and I am going to to sound trite, spread my wings and leave the nest. Like there truly comes a moment where you have to say, I'm doing this and do it. Did you feel guilty because your parents had helped you out so much financially? Yes. I felt like I was betraying my parents. Um, But in truth, you're not like, because for so, especially for only children or only children of divorced parent or divorced parents, like, or only, only children of single parents, it is truly like your parents, like, I know how to be an adult. You do not. You're a child. And then the moment when you reach adulthood and you're like, okay, it's time for me to try to be an adult. And they're like, don't do this. Don't do that. You got to do what you think is best. Because the part of it is you have to fail a little yes, bit you have and to fail. learn from failing. Yes. Yes, you do. You have to You have to work at a job that you hate. You have to be in an apartment where your faucets don't run all the time. Like, you have to... You have to be somewhere where you have to take your laundry somewhere else to do it. Like, it is important because it teaches you how, it teaches you that the world is not your friend and that even though you grew up in a privileged life, you grew up where everything was taken care of you and there were no ugly cracks in the wall. Like, that's truly not life. I'm going to tell you something. Next time I live in a place with a washer and dryer, if I'm dating a, a significant other, they're going to get jealous about how much I love my washer and dryer because I've had to go to the laundromat Listen. for like the and like I am going to make like it's going to be a little creepy how sometimes I just look at my washer and dryer. I will do my laundry every day. <laughs> like just, like I have a shirt that's dirty. I'm like put it in there. Like there yeah, there's going I'm going to play like sexy music like <laughs> as I do my laundry. That's how much I'm going to appreciate it. Yeah, no, but it truly is one of those things where, because your what I learned is that my parents have gone through that. They've already been there, done that. And now my parents are 30 years in the working force. Like they've been in their job that they love, that they found. But like, 
they went through what I went through and I knew that all of what they were doing was trying to kind of like prep me for these moments but there's only so much prepping your parents can do for you and then there comes a moment where you have to do it yourself now I don't know if you've noticed this evil smile that I've had um you're at the surprise part I told you apart uh told you about um we do this thing called motivational speech and what I do is I put uh, some music on and you'll hear it in your headphones. Okay. And uh, you will give a motivational speech. About anything? Uh, what do you think the little mistakers need to hear? Maybe you're talking to a bunch of high school students. Maybe you need to talk to old self, your old self. I just want you, have you ever seen like a TED Talk or a Tony yes. Robbins motivational yes. speech? Okay. That is what you have been assigned to do now. Oh, God. Okay, let's see if I can do this. Uh, the music will begin shortly. Okay, you are probably not going to marry the first person you date. I know. And I'm here to tell you it's very hard because when you first fall in love with someone, you think that they are everything and you think that there will never be another person like them. And so you change yourself and you chip away little pieces of yourself and you, you excuse behavior that is not okay, like them cheating on you multiple times, for example. And you have to know that your first love is just, it's a testing. Like it's a, it's a trial run and it's teaching you how to be in love with someone and it lets you get all your crazy out and you text them 200 times on a Tuesday night and then you text your mom, their mom and you say, please ask your daughter to respond. Um, I lost my train of thought. I'm really bad at motivational speech. <laughs> noticed <laughs> <laughs> i'm really bad at motivational speeches i can walk you through a skincare routine no problem uh, these students are uninspired yeah right i'm now. really sorry about that okay let me try again um i don't can you give a motivational speech i've given one before because this is my podcast <laughs> uh you cannot get the the owner of the podcast to do a speech motivational speech okay let me try this again Hint, um, maybe you could talk about uh, getting out of your parents' Okay, yeah, I'll talk about, yourself. I'll talk, I guess I shouldn't have did a hard left into first love. I just have, my first love has been on my mind talking about growing up. But anyway, okay, yes. So here's the thing. Your dad is going to yell at you. And he's going to tell you that you need to get a job at Cisco that pays $40,000 a year. The truth is, you don't even know what Cisco does. Keep it generic. Oh, Make sure it can apply to everyone. Sorry. <laughs> Your dad is going to tell you to get a job in his field, in what he does. And you have no experience in that field. And it's really scary because you love your dad and he's your best friend in the entire world and he's always been right. He taught you how to change a tire. He taught you how to change your oil. He taught you how to do your taxes. And like he's always been there. And so his advice has always genuinely come through. But there is going to be times where your father is going to give you advice that you know in your heart of hearts is not what you want to do. And you know that you want to get an apartment and you want to kind of figure out what being 22 or 23 is. You want to, you want to be in your college town because you grew up there, but you might move. You might go to New York. You might go to D.C. You might go to some other town. And you don't want to lock yourself into a future that is truly not the future you want. And in those moments of telling the man who has loved you and supported you for your entire life that you're going to do something that you believe is better for you than what he believes is terrifying. It is the scariest moment in your entire life and you're crying and you're upset because you don't want to upset him or let him down and you don't want to fail. But you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself in those moments. You have to, you have to know that you that at the end of the day, you know yourself better than he does. And it's really scary to admit that to yourself because you think that he knows everything about you. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He's your dad. He's not you. He's not... He's not in your head all the time. And in those moments, when you feel like you're going to break the heart of the one man who's always been there for you, you have to trust that you're not and that he loves you and that at the end of the day, he will always support you, even though he never comes to your apartment. Um, he's never been to my apartment, but 
you have officially did i do better i think that second one was better it, i shouldn't it have was better and i'm gonna give you the award for the longest motivational speech <laughs> uh, there was really like three of them you know I, I coached you up from the sidelines like thank you yes i'm a little embarrassed i'm kind of blushing right now i just i've been thinking about first love today really just, yeah this it's has been just, one of those days no it's been one of those like like, in thinking about this podcast, and then we were talking about what we're going to talk about, and I was just thinking back to, like, college and all these, like, all the mistakes I've made, and so much of it, what had to do because of my first love, which is insane. Oh, I was an asshole to my first love. So, if you're listening, my bad. Name her. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> my first love, Ellen. <laughs> I will not do that. My bad. Oops. <laughs> I didn't know... Cheating didn't make a relationship better. I didn't know. Well, apparently, if you're for me, she cheated on me. I walked in on her cheating, and I was like, I still love you. I was really? like, what's wrong with me? Was it the way she was doing it? Like, is like, I'm trying to get, like, how that could happen. Maybe I just cheated wrong. No, so she, we were at a party, and, like, we, like, separated, and apparently during that time, this girl had come, the girl, so my name is Jessie, for those of you who don't know. This girl's name was Jessica. You are name she, dropping. She's like lives in London now. I don't know what she's doing. Also, I'm not saying last names. There are a hundred Jessicas in Chapel Hill. They she also doesn't live in Chapel Hill. She doesn't live in Raleigh. She lives in London. She, I believe she lives in London. Okay. Anyway, or somewhere. Somewhere foreign. Well, this podcast is pretty popular, so maybe she's listening in London. Jessica, if you're listening, girl, I love you. You're engaged now. You go. You do you. But basically, she told my girlfriend that she wanted to sleep with her, and so then my girlfriend and I were supposed to hang out. On Saturday, and she didn't text me, so naturally I texted her 55 times. I'm very well adjusted. <laughs> um, and then I was like, screw it, and went over to her house and walked in and was like, where's, where's my girlfriend to her dad? And he was like, she's upstairs. Go in, open the door, open that door. Cheating. Well. And I ran out of the house. In tears? Uh, no, I didn't cry until I got in my car. Okay. That is very big of you. Her dad, though, knew I was angry because I literally went upstairs, opened the door. I was like, oh, my God, slammed the door behind me, left. He d he is not a good wingman. He should have directed. He should have. He should have stomped loud, like hit a wall, exactly. done something. Been like, oh, hi, Jesse. Yeah. Even my grandma would know the code to be like, if my wife was coming in and I was with someone else. My grandma would know the code. She would redirect my wife like, oh, I think they're outside. And then I would get, I would have like two minutes to think of a story. Moral of, there's actually, I, I'll tell you later. It's not appropriate for this podcast. But moral of the story. out of time. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. That's don't what cheat. I've, I've learned that too. And also don't give a motivational speech about your first love. Because then you get embarrassed with yourself. There, and then you turn red. And then it's, then you got to like back it up. And it's just not, I just am embarrassed now. And with that, <laughs> that was Humor and Mistakes on March 28th, 29th? 30th. Third, it's the 30th? It's the 30th. It is the 30th. We are here on 103.5 FM. We're here every week. Remember, everybody makes mistakes, but it's okay. Uh, little Mistakers, we hope you have a great day. Um, Jesse says peace. Her mic still works. <laughs> I would. I know this is a audio medium, uh, but I imagine in your head you can imagine me giving a peace sign. Well, we're out. Have a nice day.